0: Blackhawks training camp opened up yesterday at 5th 3rd Arena. Connor Bedard arrived on the scene. I'll go over some early line pairings and defensive combos and some key storylines that I think all Blackhawks fans should keep an eye on throughout camp. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. You're Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Do me a favor, go and follow at Jack Bushman 2 on Twitter. You can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you want to follow the show's page on Twitter, you can check that out at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks. And as always, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please make sure to do so. It won't cost you anything. It's 100% free. It really does help me out tremendously as I'm starting to grow the show here before the regular season kicks off in less than three weeks. And also, that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. That's your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And to open up the show here today, of course, Blackhawks training camp began yesterday down at Fifth Third Arena. Hockey season is finally back. Connor Bedard was on the scene. Obviously, we did get to see him Last weekend and throughout last week, prepping for the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. What a performance he had on Saturday against the St. Louis Blues. If you want to hear my full recap of Bernard's hat trick and other takeaways from the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, you can go and find that on the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. But what I wanted to open the show with today, before I kind of get into some thoughts from day one of training camp and what we learned, one thing that I haven't talked about on the show yet is uh, Kyle Davidson. Presser from Tuesday leading up to Blackhawks training camp. We got to rewind a couple of days here, which I do apologize for. But the reason I haven't talked about this yet is because yesterday morning I dropped a special crossover episode with Seth Topal from Locked On Wild, talking about the Blackhawks expectations, Bedard's expectations, what Seth is thinking. Uh, will make for a successful season for the Minnesota Wild this year. And we also talked about some uh, Central Division thoughts as a whole as well. So make sure to go and check that episode out if you haven't caught it already. But getting into Kyle Davidson's presser that he had with the Blackhawks media leading up to Blackhawks training camp, there were some noteworthy things that he said that I had to, ta- uh, had to talk about here on the show. And the first of which, perhaps the most uh, notable, piece of information that Davidson shared with us is that the Blackhawks officially will not be rolling with a captain for the 2023-2024 campaign, as there will be a slew of alternate captains instead. And if I had to guess, I would figure that the Blackhawks are kind of going to go with the same route that we've seen them do uh, in the past couple of seasons, rotating alternates on the road Uh, And uh, at home games, I feel like this is kind of just a good situation considering they do have a a pretty good group of maybe five, six core key veteran leaders now in the locker room. I think it does make sense for them to kind of uh, rotate things. And the reasoning that Davidson said that the Blackhawks ultimately went with this path is because, well, first he said it was partially due to. Uh, just out of respect for Jonathan Taves and everything that he did as the Blackhawks captain, right? It's not very easy to replace someone like that, probably the greatest captain in franchise history and known as one of the greatest leaders during his time period, not just in hockey, but in all of professional sports. Uh, So it was partially due out of respect for that. And Davidson mentioned they kind of just wanted to let it breathe there for a little bit, which I do completely understand, right? Those are obviously some big shoes to fill and rushing into a decision like that probably wouldn't be the wisest thing. And also another thing that Davidson mentioned is they're still kind of waiting to see Who the new leaders are going to be, who's going to emerge as the new leaders of this next wave and this next era of the Chicago Blackhawks. And one thing that I've mentioned a couple of times in recent episodes, despite getting Connor Bedard, that doesn't mean that this rebuild has been kickstarted exponentially right here, right now. Yes, it is undoubtedly going to change the course of this rebuild. It's going to impact the Blackhawks franchise in ways I probably don't even fathom at this point in time, but it doesn't excel things too much incrementally, whereas the Blackhawks are still pretty early in this rebuild. It's looking great, but this is still technically only their their second full NHL season of being in this rebuilding process. And part of that is we're still waiting for a lot of these draft picks and uh, prospects that Kyle Davidson has accumulated uh, to kind of jump onto the scene and arrive to the NHL level. And then we don't really understand, you know, who is what at this point in time still. And I talked about this on the episode yesterday with Seth. This really does feel like kind of a runway season for the Blackhawks, where they're just going to roll things out, let a lot of their youngsters play, and then they're going to learn a lot about them throughout the course of this season. I think that's a really good spot for the Blackhawks to be in right now. But because that's where they are, they're still going to kind of wait and see who's going to be the next leadership group for this franchise. And then they said, uh, Davidson said, excuse me, that they're going to kind of revisit this topic uh, in a year's time and then kind of go over their options and make a decision from there. But yeah, the Blackhawks officially going with no captain for the season, which isn't the most surprising move. This is a topic I talked about a ton throughout the course of the offseason, and ultimately I thought this was uh, the most likely path. But as far as what we could see from the Blackhawks, uh, four alternate captains is what I would expect that they're rolling with her. Maybe it's three and one rotates. I feel like two rotating would make sense, but I feel like Seth Jones and Connor Murphy have earned the right to be wearing the A's at all time. I don't feel like those guys are going to be rotating, but I could see guys like uh, Tyler Johnson, maybe rotating in and out of the A. Jared Tenorti actually wore the A at times late last season when the Blackhawks had a slew of injuries. Um, And he is a veteran guy that Kyle Davidson Uh, Luke Richardson, really, really respect for the effort level that he brought in. So I wouldn't be surprised, quite honestly, if Jared Tenorti wore an A for some games. Nick Foligno, as we'll talk about a little bit more uh, later on in the show, has already kind of shown his leadership presence, even though it's only been one day of training camp. Wouldn't be surprised if he's wearing an A, and then maybe someone else. Um, I think Blackhawks fans would throw up if this happened, but and I doubt it to be quite honest, but maybe Corey Perry winds up in that group. Jason Dickinson maybe could be a veteran guy that winds up in there as well. Um, But those are kind of the guys that I expect to be in the running for the Blackhawks captaincy. I figure they'll be naming that here in the next couple of weeks prior to the start of the season. But yeah, we know the Blackhawks will not. Having anyone wearing the C for this season. Um, and with this being the news, I, I do think it ultimately comes down to Seth Jones and Connor Bedard. Those feel like the two players in the running for the C in my mind. I know Connor Murphy is now the longest tenured Blackhawk, but I, I quite honestly feel like Seth Jones' situation with the team kind of gives him an edge there. It's just how I feel personally. But with that being said, I did feel like this was Seth's best shot to be named captain because. The longer that this goes, the more likely that it is going to go to Bedard, in my opinion. And that was kind of the biggest takeaway that everyone ran with on Twitter was by not naming a captain this year, it really does open up the door uh, for Connor Bedard to potentially get to see what one day down the road. Obviously, he's going to be a rookie this year. and But now by doing this, they can allow him to develop. But Davidson's talked about his leadership capabilities already and how a lot of the prospects have just kind of clinged on and attached to him and his mentality and it's not something that he's forcing he's just being a natural leader he's being himself and that's what Davidson loves to see the most so yeah I really do think this opens up the door and Connor Bedard very likely is going to be the next captain of the Chicago Blackhawks someday down the road the other notable comment by Davidson that he made was regarding 2021 first round pick Lucas Reichel who uh, played remarkably well in his final NHL stint, his most recent NHL stint towards the end of last season and looked like a completely different player at the NHL level than what we had seen in his prior stints. He was just so much more confident, much more aggressive and assertive, was firing the puck on net and really broke through and showcased how much of a problem he can be for opposing teams with his speed and playmaking ability in transition. And following that success in his most recent stint, most of us Blackhawks fans already figured that Lucas Reichel was ready to make the jump to become a full-time NHLer this this upcoming season. And Davidson confirmed that in his presser on Tuesday, saying that uh, Reichel was quote NHL ready in his presser, but perhaps the most notable tidbit that he threw in here was that Lucas Reichel is actually going to open up training camp playing center. And, you got to remember going through Lucas Reichel's whole timeline here. He was originally drafted as a wing with the 17th overall pick, but then in his final year in Germany over in the DEL, he made the transition to center. And then in his first two years over here in North America, in the AHL, the Rockford IceHogs used him mostly at the center position as well. And in his first couple of stints, that's where the Blackhawks had him too. And it didn't really go well. He kind of struggled. I, I mean, he got opportunities. He just wasn't able to finish him, but it looked like there was some, tentiveness in his game at the center position. But in his most recent stint where he found a ton of success, Lucas Reichel was actually uh, on the wing for most of that. And he played incredibly well, was almost a point per game guy down the stretch for the Blackhawks. Um, So I was a little bit shocked to hear this news that Reichel was going to get an opportunity down the middle, Um, especially considering how deep the Blackhawks center depth is in their prospect pool, right? Like um, Connor Bedard obviously is going to get a crack at playing the center position. It sounds like Cole Gutman is going to get a crack to play the center position as well. And then Oliver Moore is a center. Frank Nazar is a center. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a little bit curious of a decision considering the center depth in the organization and how well Reichel played on the wing last year. But at the same point in time, if he can figure it out at the center position with the speed and playmaking that he has, you want him to have the puck as much as possible. And when you're playing center, you usually play with the puck more and have more open space. So I do understand the Blackhawks mentality behind this. And it almost feels like one of those situations where if it works, that's great, but if not, There's no harm, no foul. You can put Reichel still on the off wing. Maybe there's even a possibility that he could be a winger for Connor Bedard one day down the road. And then you also know that you still have plenty of high-end center depth left in the prospect pool. But yeah, an interesting development, interesting couple of developments from Kyle Davidson during his media availability on Tuesday afternoon. Lucas Reichel officially opens Blackhawks training camp at the center position and likely will be at the 2C spot behind Connor Bedard. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment here, I will get into a handful of notable storylines that I think you all should be watching for throughout Blackhawks training camp. But first, I got to talk to you all about FanDuel. Football season is underway, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time that they win in the regular season. Just don't bet on the Chicago Bears because I don't know how many times they are going to be winning in the regular season. But all you have to do here is just pick any NFL team to win the Super Bowl. And every single time they win in the regular season, you'll get a slew of bonus bets back in your account. And you can place these bonus bets on everything from the money line to the point spread, the over, under, and even player props. And I personally have been riding pretty hot Uh, with betting Justin Fields over on rushing yards every single game for basically the last year now. Sadly, didn't go well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last Sunday as Fields had four carries for three yards. He did hit week one against the Green Bay Packers, though, and hit a ton for me last year on FanDuel. FanDuel has made me a ton of money. It's an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, whenever you win, they pay you out instantly. There's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Make sure to go and smash the like button, comment down below to drive SEO in my favor. I would greatly appreciate it if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode. Make sure that you're downloading all the daily episodes and leave me a review if you want to as well. Five star one would be great. And also go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. I'm posting a lot of great cl- a lot of great clips and reels and just small little content things there. I'm really trying to grow that account up right now as well. Follow lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. Everything... Wherever you can find the show, I would greatly appreciate all your support. Hockey season is right around the corner, and you don't want to miss out on all the latest Blackhawks news and updates that you can find right here on Locked On Blackhawks. And again, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube if you haven't done so already as well. All right, segment two, let's talk about some key storylines for the Chicago Blackhawks as they opened up training camp yesterday morning down at Fifth Third Arena. I believe it was the episode on Monday that I dropped recap the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, where I discussed some key prospect storylines to keep an eye on throughout training camp, but opening things up to kind of a broader scale and looking at the Blackhawks' entire training camp roster, I mean, they have 55 players on it. There are a lot of storylines and a lot of important things for us fans to keep an eye on. Even though the Blackhawks aren't expected to be one of the top teams in the Central Division, make no mistake about it. There is no doubt about the intrigue that surrounds this team. It is going to be a very exciting season and a very important one in the future of the Chicago Blackhawks. And it starts right here, right now at training camp at Fifth Third Arena. Make sure you uh, go and check out Blackhawks training camp, by the way, if you got some free time throughout the next couple of weeks. Free tickets. You do need to claim them, though, on the Blackhawks website. But go and see Connor Bedard in person. Go and show some support down at Fifth Third Arena. But as far as some key storylines to keep an eye out for, there's a lot of them. But I think number one has got to be who is going to get the opportunity to play with Connor Bedard, who is going to be playing at the wings alongside him on the Blackhawks' top line. I think that's going to be the biggest thing to look out for. Obviously, Taylor Hall was a pretty... Noteworthy addition that the Blackhawks made this offseason, and I think it only makes sense to kind of pencil him in as the top line left winger to open up the year. But you never know what can happen in training camp, there's going to be a lot of different looks thrown out there, a lot of different combinations. There's going to be some experimenting, and that's also why, with this being just day one of you know 16 or 17 or whatever it may be for Blackhawks training camp, you got to take everything a little bit with a grain of salt, right? Luke Richardson is. Seeing what he's gotten his guys for the first time in quite a while in a competitive type setting, he's going to be tinkering, he's going to be messing around with some things, but. We are learning throughout the process, so it's just something that we got to take a little bit with a grain of salt. I also think it's going to be very important to see who's going to get that opportunity to play with Seth Jones on the top defensive pairing because uh, he and Jake McCabe were obviously the staple early on in the season for the Blackhawks last year, and then once McCabe got dealt to the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Seth's younger brother Caleb took up that, uh, top line, uh, top defensive pairing role on the left hand side, but he's no longer here. He signed with the Carolina Panthers after the Blackhawks did not give him a qualifying offer as an RFA. So who's going to take that spot on the top pairing alongside Seth Jones? Is it going to be Alex Vlasic? Is it going to be Wyatt Kaiser? Could Kevin Korchinski make the Hawks opening night roster and get a spot there? Or do they go with a veteran like Jared Tenorti or or something along those lines? I think that is certainly something to keep an eye out for because Isaac Phillips is another guy in that mix as well. Can't forget about him. A lot of good, young, left-handed defensemen really trying to make their presence felt in training camp and trying to get an opportunity not only to crack the team on opening night, but to get a spot on that top pairing with Seth Jones. Also, speaking of Kevin Korchinski, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on him considering that there's a chance he makes the Blackhawks' opening night roster out of camp. I would say the chances are a little bit slim, but you never know. He was uh, absolutely stunning in the preseason last year and quite honestly looked like if the Blackhawks needed him, if they were in a different situation, he could have been NHL ready offensively. But there is still, you know, he, he's kind of still a little thin for being six foot three, hasn't quite filled out, and still is working on honing in the defensive craft of things. So um, but if you know, he he clearly is the best skater on the back end for the Blackhawks. His offensive upside is undeniable. Looked really comfortable with Connor Bedard throughout the weekend and throughout the week for the Tom Kerver's prospect showcase as well. A lot of eyes are going to be on Kevin Korchinski, the former seventh overall pick just a year ago to see if he can crack the Hawks opening night roster out of camp. And then there's the battle for just the final spot. Speaking of some of these defensemen, right? Like, there's a slew of defensemen for the Blackhawks right now trying to make this roster. And I I haven't even mentioned someone like Nikita Zaitsev, who kind of questionably the Blackhawks didn't buy out this offseason and elected to keep him around. But uh, if he wants to be an everyday guy, which I kind of doubt that he's going to be, he's really going to have to make a strong impression throughout training camp. But on that left side too, there's only a couple of jobs to be had and feels like someone, one or two defensemen are going to leave training camp being disappointed. Is that going to be Alex Vlasic, is that going to be Isaac Phillips? Is that going to be Kevin Korczynski going back to Seattle? Um, there's only a couple of open spots, and it's a little bit of a logjam there right now. Philip Roos is another guy who's a little bit older that's quietly still in the mix. And then Jarrett Snorty, obviously, is going to get time there as well. Connor Murphy is a veteran that's locked into the lineup, of course. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see who kind of emerges as uh, the front runners and that, def- that young defensive core that includes Wyatt Kaiser, Kevin Korczynski, Alex Vlasic, and Isaac Phillips. I also wonder if Cole Gutman is going to get that shot at the third-line center position. Um, he only played in 14 games for the Blackhawks last year, but made a really strong impression as well. Had a really good first half with the Rockford Icehawks. It seems like every time he's gotten an opportunity thus far, he's made the most of it here in Chicago. And Davidson talked about how he's going to give his young guys an opportunity to play center. Connor Bedard's getting that. Lucas Reichel, as I talked about in segment one, is getting that. And Cole Gutman reportedly is going to get that shot too. But there is a little bit of a log jam in the bottom six as well. And that's kind of my next storyline that I think is noteworthy. Who is going to crack the bottom six? That's a log jam there as well because the Blackhawks bring in Corey Perry. They bring in Nick Felino. How are those two exactly going to fit in? They brought in Ryan Donato as well. And then Joey Anderson still around. Boris Kachuk still here. Same with Mackenzie Entwistle, Colin Blackwell, Reese Johnson. It's kind of like the left side of the defense. There's only so many jobs available in a lot of names. It's going to be really interesting to see who kind of battles it out and who winds up uh, getting the starting jobs for the Blackhawks on opening night in Pittsburgh in their bottom six. And then another one, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not Arvid Soderblom is able to take that next step in net. He obviously is going to be the backup to open up things behind Peter Morazic, but... Mrazik for the most part last season, up until the end where he went on a pretty good run there to close things out, he was shaky for the majority of the season. And that was uh, okay for the Blackhawks. They were honestly quite happy with that. But now it's starting to get to that time where we want to see some of these young guys take that next step. And for Arvid Soderblom, he's been in Rockford for the majority of these last two years. His second season wasn't quite as good as his first, and he hasn't quite taken that leap yet at the NHL level. To be fair, the Blackhawks defense was pretty garbage surrounding him last year, but it's a really crucial season for the development of Arvid Soderblom, especially when Drew Comesso's waiting in the wings. Same with Jackson Stauber. And then there's obviously uh, Adam Guyon, who was the first goalie drafted in this year's draft. Uh, Dominic is another quiet sleeper that's playing really well in college so if arvid Soderbloom wants to keep his name in the running for future netminders for the blackhawks i think he has to have a really good first full nhl campaign all right those are the key storylines that i believe all you blackhawks fans should be watching with a close eye coming up in just a minute don't go anywhere because i will get into what we learned from day one of blackhawks training camp But first, I need to talk to you all about AG1. Let me pull up this real quick. The daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I give AG1 a scoop every single morning. I gave it a try and it works excellent for me. Whether I am just waking up in the morning wanting to do the show or I'm going to work or I'm trying to get out there early on the golf course with some of my buddies. That one scoop of AG1 really does have me feeling different and has my body going for whatever I need it that certain day. And I drink AG1 right brand early, bright and early in the morning. It just takes one simple scoop in a little cup of water. It tastes really good and it gets me ready, locked and loaded to go. And thanks to AG1, I'm ready to have all of my nutritional bases covered as well. Covering my nutritional basis has never been easier. And I also like it because it costs less than $3 per day, which is just such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need, then try AG one and get a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, all you need to do is go to drinkag1.com/slash NHL Network. Again, let's go to drinkag1.com/slash NHL Network to check AG1 out right now. All right, segment three. Before I wrap things up here, I'm going to answer some of uh, those key storylines based on what we learned from day one at Blackhawks training camp. Um, obviously, like I said, you got to take some of these things with a grain of salt, but it's an entire learning process throughout the entirety of training camp. And, um, obviously these first looks tell us a little bit of what Luke Richardson is thinking, at least leading up to the start of the regular season. And we start to get a little bit of a base of what the Blackhawks are at least visualizing for this team as we're less than three weeks out from the start of the regular season. So the first question that I proposed as the most notable storyline in training camp was, excuse me, I'm going to get a drink of water here real quick. Don't mind me spilling all over myself. The first key storyline that I think all Blackhawks fans should be watching is who's going to get that opportunity with Connor Bedard first. Well, on day one of training camp, The honors went to Tyler Johnson and Ryan Donato, although I did mention the addition of Taylor Hall figures to, you know, kind of put him into a top line spot with Bedard. Taylor Hall actually wasn't on the ice for the Blackhawks during day one of training camp due to a lower body injury. Neither was uh, Colin Blackwell nor Jalen Lipin as both of them were out with lower body injuries as well. Uh, Luke Richardson spoke about this matter after Um, day one of training camp and said he doesn't believe anything is going to be too serious, but they should have more information regarding their injuries soon. So I'll be sure to follow up with those updates whenever we hear about it from Richardson right here live on the show. But yeah, no Taylor Hall, no Colin Blackwell, no Jalen Lipin for day one of training camp for Lipin's case. uh, I believe he was spotted skating not all that long ago, so it looks like he's not that far away from it either. Um, But yeah, I do think it's interesting to see Tyler Johnson getting that first opportunity. Someone who hasn't really put up maybe the best numbers, but has been impactful for the Chicago Blackhawks since coming over when he has been healthy. That's kind of... Been the biggest knock on him here in Chicago so far is that he's missed a lot of games, but he is someone that is capable. I know it's been a long time for him since he was a top six piece, but he is one of those guys that can kind of be a penalty killer, be defensively responsible, and still has, I think, enough of a skill set to keep up with Connor Bedard. But I thought that was a little bit interesting because for me personally, I would have guessed that someone like Taylor Radish maybe would have gotten this opportunity or. Uh, a Philip Kurashev, but yeah, very, very curious to see Tyler Johnson get that shot. And again, whenever Taylor Hall does uh, arrive on the ice for Blackhawks training camp, I expect him to be up there with Connor Bedard, but don't rule out Ryan Donato either. He's kind of another tweener that can bounce up and down the lineup, has been gaining some experience throughout his career, got a couple more years under his belt now, and can play both the skill and a little bit of a gritty game as well. So he could be an intriguing option, but I do ultimately expect it to go to Taylor Hall over him. Um, The next line that we saw, oh, excuse me. It's not what I'm going to yet. I was The next storyline that I wanted to get to, excuse me, um, was who's going to get the chance to skate with Seth Jones right out of the gate? Who's going to get that opportunity on the top defensive pairing for the Blackhawks on the left-hand side? Well, after a really solid performance throughout the Tom Curver's prospect showcase, Wyatt Kaiser got that chance on day one of Blackhawks training camp. And I can't really say I'm too surprised about that matter, but I am surprised about his ascension, man. Um, because in those nine games of NHL action that he got towards the end of last year, I really wasn't impressed with him, and I'm not holding that against him. But I've just thought that Alex Vlasic was a little bit more sturdier, proven at the NHL level already, and obviously had that full season uh, in Rockford under his belt too. But it seems like Wyatt Kaiser has just kind of leaped him, and seems like he's made leaps and bounds this off season. He's gotten stronger, been more assertive, and is really kind of playing to the best parts of his game, at least from what it seems so far. Obviously, camp is a long way to go. We'll see if Kaiser gets bumped down from that opportunity, but it seems like he's absolutely uh, deserving of that chance to open things up at the very least. And as far as Kevin Korchinski goes, um, I didn't mention this in segment one because it would have ran a little bit too long, but Kyle Davidson did make some comments about Kevin Korchinski and how he thought he played at the Tom Curver's prospect Showcase. And from what he said, it kind of made it seem like he understands that there's still some growth there, particularly on the defensive side of things. And also just with Korchinski's body being only 19, he does look more uh, physically suit sturdy than he did at this time last season, but there still feels like there's another level for him to reach. And based on Davidson's comments, I would say that odds are Korchinski winds up going back to Seattle. Maybe he does play enough to burn the first year of his entry level contract, but I, I, doubt that he makes the opening night roster, not to say that it's impossible, but one thing working in his favor, I will say, is that he opened up training camp with Connor Murphy uh in the second group of uh day one at training camp for the Blackhawks. And man, that's a really noteworthy start for him. Um and Murphy talked about how, you know, his skating kind of speaks for itself. He makes a lot of heads up plays out there, really good offensive instincts and how he's looking forward to the opportunity uh and hopefully getting to play with him more. So Something to keep an eye on. Kevin Korczynski getting a start with Connor Murphy has to kind of look good for his odds to make the team. Although, again, it is just day one of camp. Um, But those are kind of the key storylines or the key takeaways that we learned based on those storylines that I just laid out. But I did want to go overall into some line combos and some defensive pairings um, from – the groups that I haven't mentioned so far. Uh, obviously, I did bring up Donato, Bedard, and Tyler Johnson. Thought it was noteworthy that Lucas Reichel centered a line with Philip Kuroshev and Andreas athanasiu at the wing. Um, and Reichel and Andreas Athanasiu showed great chemistry late in the season together last year. So no surprise they're there together. Philip Kuroshev, though, could be getting a top six opportunity once again. I'd rather have Taylor Radish there personally, but we'll see if anything tra- changes throughout camp uh Taylor Radish who did he skate with did I have that down I really thought I did I guess I did not I apologize for that um but some forward lines weren't weren't tweeted out again I wasn't there on hand at Fifth Third Arena to see it myself but some other noteworthy oh there is Taylor Radish I just missed him he skated on a line with Anders Bjork uh Cole Gutman and Taylor Radish was aligned together Gutman getting the opportunity to play at center we'll see if That trio sticks together, and for Bjork, he doesn't even have an NHL contract, but that seems like a pretty good place for him to start the season as well. Uh, There was a line of Nick Foligno, Jason Dickinson, and Corey Perry, which odds are that feels like an NHL starter line in the lineup for the Blackhawks to open things up, whereas a line of Kachuk, Entwistle, and Joey Anderson feels kind of, like the odd man out group. And then we just saw some forward lines with uh, the rest of the prospects who don't figure to make the NHL team. But I did think it was noteworthy that Reese Johnson was centering a line with Paul Edwinski and Samuel Savoy. Probably not a great sign for him again, though day one of training camp. Uh, On the defensive side of things, I mentioned Wyatt Kaiser and Seth Jones, Kevin Korchinski, and Connor Murphy skating together. Uh, We saw Jared Tenorti skate with Nolan Allen, who was playing his off-wing like we saw throughout the showcase, and there have obviously been some rumors about him making the jump to the right-hand side given all the left-handed defensemen in the system. Uh, Same with Wyatt Kaiser, even though he opened up on the left side with Seth Jones. Alex Vlasic skated with Nikita Zaitsev, which I thought was interesting. Ethan Delmastro skated with Louis Clevier, which could set up a very sizable D pairing down in Rockford this year. I couldn't find anything on Isaac Phillips, but if I had to guess, it would be that he skated with Philip Ruse. But based on the look of things here, I know it's day one of camp, but Alex Vlasic skating with Zaitsev and Phillips skating with Ruse are kind of a question mark. Not even sure if it was anyone at the NHL scene. Doesn't look the greatest for them. We'll see if that changes at all throughout training camp, but it looks like uh, Wyatt Kaiser certainly has the edge over them right now. Maybe they're just giving Kevin Korchinski a good opportunity, but he could have an edge over both of them at the same time right now as well. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and follow me on Twitter at Jack Bushman2. You can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.